Hi, and welcome to the Better Athlete Podcast. I'm James McDowell. And I'm Fargo Wayne. Are you an athlete looking to take your sport and performance to the next level? Well, this podcast could be the key ingredient. Hosted by James and myself, we delve into the subjects that affect whether or not you reach your performance potential. Between ourselves, we'll be guiding you through strength, mobility, nutrition, mental training, and more with experts in the field. Athletes and coaches from every corner of the sporting spectrum will also be giving insight, knowledge, and understanding of what it takes. So like, share, and review, and let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode two of the Better Athlete podcast. Um, I'm joined again by my co-host Fergal Wynn. How are you Fergal? I'm good. How are things? Not so bad. Good. Um, I think from both of us we just want to say first is thanks a million for all the reaction um, that you that we've been getting um, in relation to the first podcast and us actually launching the podcast um, it's great to see so many people interested and so many, you know, friends sharing it and getting the word out there. So by all means, if you enjoy an episode, please like and share, even leave a review on Spotify or wherever. I'm not sure if you can even leave a review on Spotify, but and just thanks a mill. The main thing is if you could share it on your stories. Mine's James underscore fit underscore McDowell and Fergal's is SIS era. So it's SIS e-i-r-e and today we're going to pick up a question that we got when we first uh, announced the podcast and that was about off-season training um, and probably in relation to the extended off-season that we have now um, and I suppose you can kind of lump pre-season into that I know it's a little bit different this year because say for example with GA you don't actually know when the season's going to start so it's kind of off slash pre-season at the moment um so Fergal what do you think about that question I know it's very wide-ranging and it's a broad topic but maybe give your thoughts about what are the main components of it I think yeah I think um I think I suppose because there's 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 a it's a very unknown at the moment like when things are going to start we're all kind of hopeful that things will be obviously you know like we'll we'll have some sort of maybe plan in place come maybe like February sometime but there's really no there's no definite answer to when things are start starting like so I suppose um I suppose like when you talk I, I suppose talking to people like like from when things started last year we'll say with the lockdown and stuff and then you know things opening up again for that little period in between there that um i suppose people not really knowing what to do was the big thing you know like they i suppose there was a there was a lot of issues where they were because people i suppose within group training sessions like that when it comes to any sport that's a that's a team sport you're kind of brought along by the group by the management by your 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 trainers or whatever it is so you come you show up you do your training and you go home you know or whatever so when people then i suppose were outside of that and were left to it themselves i suppose it can be kind of hard to figure out where do i start what do i need to do and um, i suppose in my in my kind of of 
the the best way to go about things, in my opinion, is you definitely start with you don't overcomplicate. Simple, simple as that. You're looking at your sport. You take what what the sport is asking of you, and then try not to overcomplicate it. So, if you're starting off and you just want a basic level of fitness, I would always be thinking like you know we we start easy. Base we start base, you know, so we get out for a couple of little runs throughout the week because I think when you go from stationary and then you know there's there's all these groups now as well you know where people are like right and we put the team into groups you know and it's a it's a whatsapp thing going on and then it's like right well there's six guys or girls in this group and there's six guys right and there's points basis and everything and everybody goes out hammer and tongs absolutely lambasting themselves and all of a sudden there's tight calves shin splints you know there's there's a there's a wealth of problems and I think sometimes it's great in the sense that it gets people out and it gets people moving and, you know, it's brilliant like that. But I just think sometimes people jump in to the higher end of things, you know? Yeah, like uh, uh, that is a recipe for disaster. I was actually reading something um, during the week where it's like a bit like cramming for an exam. You know, yeah. people... And I was guilty of this all through college and all through school where I'd go from September to the start of December and not do a tap. And then the last two weeks, I'd absolutely kill myself in the, in the library. Yeah, and yeah. it's a bit like that with, um, with, say, football or soccer or rugby, where you will have certain players on the team that will always keep themselves ticking over. But then you have probably the majority of lads won't do a tap for three months and then the manager comes in and says right we need to we need to kill these boys for the first three weeks and like it's yeah. no wonder that you get hamstring tears and yeah. and uh you know groin tears and all the rest so and uh, like this is and you've done a great job of kind of overlaying all that like this is very context dependent like this is this depends on the person themselves um and I, I think a great sort of way to think about this is what's the lowest hanging fruit? Like what's the most obvious thing you're lacking in? Yeah. So, you know, say for example, for me last year, and when I came to you, I went to Fergal um, to get a program off Fergal and I cannot speak highly enough of it. Um, I had probably had my best year with football I've ever had. I knew that my lowest hanging fruit, the most obvious weakness I had was I was suffering with a lot with uh, low back pain and I have quite an anterior pelvic tilt. So I knew I had to get that right. And when I worked on that, rather than, you know, focusing too much on a broad range of things, I really, really focused on that. And my performance went through the roof. So I think a big thing that people need to think about is what is your big weakness? You know, is it your speed? Is it your nutrition? Maybe it's your body composition. Is it your strength? It could well be your strength. And look at all those things and try and determine what you need to work on as best. And now that's kind of an overarching sort of realm of things but you've kind of touched on it Fergal with a lot of people when they think of off-season and pre-season think of conditioning um, yeah like like a, yeah and and that's the thing like you, you hit the nail on the head there it's it's the low-hanging fruit you know I, I suppose like it goes back again obviously it, it all we 
you know, if something sounds like a cop out, I use that word an awful lot. It depends, but it's not because it's it's never a cop out because it does because there's so many factors and different things and person related issues and where they start from, so on and so forth. I suppose again, like it's that as you said, the low hanging fruit, then not to overcomplicate the thing. So, so, so you could say there, you could take a group of people, and you could say to them, okay, well, is it is it your sleep? Is it hydration? Is it new? Is it speed or is it strength? And you'll, you, you go to some people there who might say, well, it's all of them, you know, like it's all of them. But if that is the case, I'd be saying then that I, I'd be looking at them. Well, what what's going to give us the biggest, you know, bang for our buck, you know? Um, so where, where can we make, I suppose, where can we combine a couple of little things together? And it's, it's not really even about having everything like like 99 or 100 percent right and all of that because it, it, it's that's much impossible because life it, you know life happens and life is a lot of the time beyond our control we talk about control and the controllables so it's about making small little changes and it's the small little changes that when you stick with them and you're consistent with them. And that's another word I always go on about is consistency. If you make the little changes and you stick with them, and it could be a small thing, like buying yourself a two-liter water bottle, you know, and you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to aim to drink two liters. It could be that, you know, it could be that. It could be along with that if you're putting two things together. And this is how simple it sometimes is for people, you know. Hydration on the head, say there. And then you could look at something where we're all guilty of this is scrolling before bed. You know, like everybody's guilty of that. And in my experience of when, when stuff like that happens before bed, like I know in my experience when I've done that, sometimes like my Instagram feed is very much because I follow, you know, like a lot of trainers and coaches and things like that that's the feed that you're looking at before bed. And sometimes that, then you're kind of like, geez, yeah. Oh. And you know, it gets the, it gets the brain working, but that's not what you want to be happening. So like, it could be making a simple change there where you say, right. And um, when I'm getting ready to go to bed, I'll have a book there. So like phone time is done. If I'm watching a bit of telly before bed or whatever, that's grand. Have a quick look on something before I go to bed. That's, that's a one. And then when I go to bed, book time. You know, and I know people are like, oh, I find it awfully hard to read. But any sort of little interest you have at all, all you're looking to do is just calm your mind down, switch the, help switch the mind off a little bit so that you can get a little bit of better sleep. And sometimes it's just, it's just those tiny changes, you know? Yeah, and I suppose all of that kind of ties in with having a, having a direction that you're focusing on, like, you know, and that you're able to sort of, set goals to achieve it so if it is your sleep then that's a that's a specific task that you can do to improve that if it's your mobility you're going to have to set aside 10 minutes each day and work on those things and that's kind of because you're obviously a lot more in tune with the sports injury side of things and the mobility side of things is there things on the off season that people should do differently or should be working on that maybe they don't do in season? I think, um, I suppose in the off season, I suppose the way everybody is different, I suppose again, right? So everybody's different, but I do often say to people, okay, well, if we were to take, for instance, say most 
um, most athletes or most players or whatever it might be, and you look at where you are in June, July, and August of a given year, okay? And then I would say, okay, so were you any different in that June, July, and August than the year before that? Because if it's a thing that in your off season and then you go back training and you're just getting to the same kind of pitch, if that's fine if you're happy to just do that. You're just happy to get back to where you are every single year. But if you're looking to actually make gains, you know, make strikes, I always say, where were you this time last year? And are you in a different place this time now in this this particular year because that's always a good telltale sign nothing's going to happen over you know over four four weeks or whatever it is it, it takes time it takes consistency but a lot of the time that's what happens in the off season nothing is done we come back in we have the same niggles we have the same issues going on because you know nothing was addressed in that period of time when we had time to ourselves and again it can be hard because of the group mentality. You know what I mean? We're, you know, if we're part of a team sport, it can be hard to figure out what should I do. This but is they, what everyone's doing, kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Well, they're not doing anything, or she's not doing anything. So, well, I'm not going to bother doing anything. Shall be grand. I suppose. A couple I think of I think that's a really good point because that kind of that kind of because I think I've always had this thing where I will do my own thing, and I think that comes because I mostly did an individual sport growing up. And I think when you're always in team sports, you're a bit more reluctant to kind of maybe spend your own resources trying to figure out your own body and think of you as maybe an individual rather than you're the same as the corner forward, you're the same as the midfielder. That's it, you know, and I think as well, and, and, and exactly. So, so some people are, I suppose, are maybe a bit more, some people might be a little bit better set up and that might be just luck that they are as in they've maybe had an experience of training by themselves you know but by themselves before in a different sport or they they have a, a hobby outside of playing for their club or whatever it is and, and and that entails them training on their own and that I often think that that's a huge benefit because like that it's no problem to just switch over to that mode that we have when we're like Okay, well, football done, no problem. Okay, and I have other activity or I have this other hobby, you know, that I like doing or whatever it might be. And we start, we just switch over and we're back into training ourselves and we're, we're grand. But for a lot of people, that's very hard to do. Again, because as you said there, like that group, I suppose the group mentality and you're brought along by training on a Tuesday and a Friday and so on and so forth. But I suppose to get back to that, in the off season, there's like... I suppose I'd always say you can make your gains in the off season. You know, you can come back. I do often say to people, why would you go back in January and be like people often go, oh, the hard training and the slogging that has to go on in January. But it's only that way. If you've, if that's what you, if you're happy enough to be, you know, uh, in that, in that, I suppose, shape when you get there, that's on you. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. It's cutthroat. That's on you. If that's the way you come back, that's that's you. That's nobody else. So I do often say, why not just do a little bit? You know, and people often think, well, you know, like a 5K, like Jesus, like five, oh, just, like don't even, you know, don't make it into a 5K. Do do 2K, you know, start off and just do 2K four times in the week. 
You know, it can be something small like that. It doesn't have to be this big 5K, 10K in 40 minutes, you know. And that's the other thing as well. When generally people go out to do this, and I've noticed this in a couple of groups that I'm part of at the moment, that players are going out and they are doing 4Ks and 5Ks and 6Ks and 8Ks in absolutely ridiculous time. Like, there'll be runners looking at it saying... Jesus, like that's a serious time there, you know. But these guys and girls are are tight, sore, like broken at times. And that's the thing. I think in the mentality sometimes as well with training, people think unless I come back in bits, was that even a good session? You know yourself, James, I'd say, right? How often does people maybe say of a gym session the next day if somebody said, what did you make of that gym session? Oh, sure, it was no good. I wasn't even sore. Sure, I'm not even sore. Did I even do anything? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And that's the thing, like, you know, as they say, muscle soreness is a poor gauge of, a, of, a, of where you're at, you know. But also, you know, as they say, there's not too many beasts out there who aren't just a little bit sore maybe all of the time. So it's about finding that happy medium. You know what I mean? Like, But you don't have to destroy yourself in the process. Yeah, when, when it comes to the conditioning side of things, I've learned from this. Um, I feel that if you're not a really good runner, that doing the four and five Ks possibly isn't the best idea because... One, a lot of people do it on the road, and I'm not sure how well you probably know better than me, but from a joint perspective, possibly isn't great. But also, aside from that, and I think a lot of my issues stem from when I used to do it for boxing, was the biomechanics of jogging are so much different than they are for sprinting. And, you know, there's not proper hip extension, there's, you know, probably not enough. uh, plant reflect uh, flexion and i just feel maybe a better route to go down would be to do tempo runs um so when i say tempo runs i mean like doing maybe 10 sets of 100 meters or even 60 meter sprints followed by even like three minutes rest and uh, that doesn't sound a lot and you're not going flat out they're not sprints like a hundred percent these are like 70 80 percent of your max and people will listen to that and think oh sure that's no good sure that yeah. you would how are you going to get fit doing that but yeah. it's not all about the fitness like it's it's just your preseason. it's to get you some sort of way in decent shape get you moving and to as well as get you get you a cardiovascular improvement but also uh technique uh biomechanical improvement as well and you can build that up you can build that up to uh you know maybe doing some people get up to 24 of those runs so say you've done 100 meters and you've done 24 of those that's two and a half k like so i would argue that doing that type of thing would possibly be more beneficial for you if you're thinking about technique while you're doing it as well in terms of fully moving your hips through their full range of motion than doing this long slow run because at the end of the day and we're we're kind of mostly focusing this towards uh, field sports but 
at the end of the day, speed kills, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and you only, you don't do that much uh, continuous running in a field sport, especially the likes of GA and soccer. It's all quick sprints, quick sprints. And I think in your off season, in your preseason, I know you can't go to GA pitches at the moment, but if you could find a field somewhere, lay out a hundred meters and get doing those tempo runs, hundred meters rest, take two or three minutes, hundred meters back. And, you know, you can eventually progress it up to maybe 20 sprints or so. What, what would you think about that, Fergal? Yeah, like definitely. I mean, I suppose, again, I, I would be of the opinion, like, and I, I was something that I was thinking about a lot the last maybe year or so was, you know, with training and with teams, you know, depend, position dependent, I suppose, like, Every position on the field is is gonna is gonna is gonna ask something different of of the player in that position. So you know, like we'll say, forwards in most field sports are gonna have to be extremely explosive off the mark, so on and so forth. And um, you might want that as well from midfield players too. They might have to have a little bit more of an aerobic base because it's an area of the pitch where they're ha- probably going to have to cover that bit more ground, you know, than maybe maybe your corner forwards or, or your full forwards or whatever it might be, or your strikers or whatever. Um, but definitely, like, and that's the thing, like the tempo runs, perfect. And as you said there, uh, 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 an important thing that you hit on there is, is that where you're like, and take your three minutes rest. You know, like, again, this is the thing. People think, well, unless I'm, if I'm not in bits, I'm not doing it right. You know, and if you're and, in bits, that's when the form breaks down. Yeah, and like, you know, you don't need to be, you know, like, yes, to make gains and make improvements, sure, we do have to push our limitations to the far end of the spectrum where we're, we're verging on, you know, are we able to do, you know, like, and that's, but that's for another day entirely. We're talking about, you know, what we can do in the off season, you know what I mean? And if the off season is incredibly, incredibly long and um, because of a pandemic, like what we're in now, right. Then of course you can scale it up as you're going along and you feel like your fitness is, is improving. And that's the other thing. A lot of the time there's maybe where we don't listen you know, we don't listen to our body. We're just, we're just all gas pedal, no break. It's just go, go, go. And sometimes, and this is coming now from my, from my own opinion and, and talking to, to athletes who've come into me and different things like that is, is where things can, things are, things are bubbling away underneath there, but because we're all gas pedal, we keep going. And then, ah, it's been there a while, but I kept pushing on because it didn't take, no, you didn't listen. You know, sometimes we don't listen. Just take a step back and say, okay, how far, how long have I been doing this session for? Okay, I've been doing it for X amount of time. So there's 15 minutes gone and now I'm starting to feel like I'm tightening up here a little bit, you know, or whatever it might be. And you say, that's fine. Make the mental note. Okay, I was on the 15 minute mark. Perfect, right? So I'll stick with the 15 minute mark where I didn't get any tightness and let's just work on that length of time. And then once that improves, you can go an extra five minutes or whatever it might be. And you might notice, okay, actually I've progressed now. That tightness isn't there. And it's just about giving the body a chance to catch up. You know what I mean? Like like that, And it's, as you said, I think to go back then to what we we're talking about, the road running, I think, you know, yes, the road road running or, or, or running on, on hard surface, sure. You know, it is... It's 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 a bit it's a bit harder power 
It just is because there's no give. So it is a little bit harder pounding. But we know, we know through all of our studies and everything like that, it has, you know, it doesn't have any negative effects to to uh, to joints or, or tissue or anything like that. In actual fact, we know that bone density and bone strength will increase through that that type of loading. So that's that's okay. But I suppose it's just that people sometimes don't know they're like, geez, I went out and I done that 3K and they've never ran on the road. You know, they always run on, on fields or whatever. And they are, you know, they're they're sore and that sort of thing. So just that you have that understanding. And we like it might sound like small, tiny little things like like that there, but it's just actually sometimes when you sit down, people can just talk about it, they go, Jesus, yeah, it was the road. You know, I don't have I'm actually not injured, you know, like I'm not what's happening to me. My body is, you know, it seems to be breaking down. But it might be just things like that, pushing a little bit too hard too early. Um running on, on a surface that maybe you're not used to, you know, or running on a surface that you're not used to for too long. Do you know what I mean? So as I would say, like, like that, if you're going to do a road run, great, you know, do a road run, but, but pick maybe 2K, a little 2K loop and just work on that. You know, if that's what you want to do, same with what you were saying, interval runs, brilliant. You know, tempo runs, brilliant. Again, take your rest times. You know, we don't have to be in bits. That's the, that's the big thing. Yeah, absolutely. It all, all all that makes total sense. Um and something you alluded to earlier, and this is I think this is a massive thing for all of the people listening, if you're in your off season now, that you need to consider. Um and I I don't like to push it too much with people because I would work with a few females, so I try not to get too much into into it, but it's your body composition. If you're, if you feel that you, your body composition is letting you down, this, this, if you're going to work on it at all, this is the time to work on it. And COVID has made it even easier because we all know, like when season finishes in September, like there would be, you know, like um, you're, you're not getting outside as much. You're, you know, you know, maybe going to the pub more and um, you're eating probably in restaurants more, especially leading up to Christmas. So it is possibly more difficult to work on body composition. But in reality, if you're in a field, amateur field and um, base sport, you're going to have, I'd say, to March, April to work on this. The problem I see is, and you will know this, Virgil, and anyone listening will have known this, that you come back in January after Christmas and you'll turn to one of the lads and say, geez, he wintered well, that fella. Yeah. You know, and everyone will have met someone like that. And that is, I think that's a big issue because, okay, maybe in a really long season, you have, you know, maybe the preseason to try and get that, that, that kind of timber off for want of a better term. But that would be all right if you were a professional athlete or like an inter-county GA footballer because you're going to have maybe what, like three, four percent extra body fat than you would usually do. But guys are coming back and they might be carrying a couple of stone. Um, so to me, that's that's so much more load on the body, first of all, and you would know about this, Fergal, but then again, you're not focusing on your performance because you're spending part of the time trying to lose weight. And you might think, oh, well, I need a bit of, I need a bit of timber, you know, to hold off the ball or whatever. Yeah. But at the end of the day, 
as I say, speed kills. Field-based sports are all about speed. And if you're, imagine you say someone like me or Fergal or whatever, maybe he doesn't have an awful lot of body fat. Imagine we went playing a football game and we put on a rucksack with two stone in it. You're going to be so much slower. Like it's, 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 and you're going to be tired quicker and you, you're just going to find it a lot more difficult. And I presume Fergal that there would be more injuries. I mean, the funny thing is, here's actually an interesting, this again, right, it's not everybody. This is just an interesting thing that I've actually seen over the past couple of years. So regards, um, so regards kind of, we'll say maybe, maybe players that are that little bit slower, you know, that don't actually have that burst of speed. I've actually seen a couple of times, one or two, instances where somebody might have picked up a very very low very very low grade hamstring strain you know um but and i'm kind of like well you know and you take them through we'll say maybe a a a pre-match fitness test just to see where they're at you know and they get through it and they actually are able to play the game and they're like it was pretty good there actually didn't feel it at all but whereas then if we take somebody that's maybe that bit quicker, that bit faster, that bit more explosive. Generally, if you take them through their fitness test, it's a no-go, you know? Mm. So it's just an interesting thing where, where we see athletes that are maybe that little bit slower, that little bit less quicker off the mark, that little bit less explosive, and they're able to get away with it. And then you've got the opposite end of the spectrum where you've got somebody that's a lot more powerful, a lot more quicker, a lot more faster off the, off the blocks, who can't get away, can't get away with it, you know? So, so the weight is nearly a protective thing because they're not pushing it through. Like, like it is common, like, and I've read research on it, faster athletes do do their hamstrings more because there's higher velocities involved. So it's yeah. like the extra weight. But then I suppose it's kind of like a, well, you know, we're not saying everyone put on two stones so you don't get yeah, injured. Yeah. No, no. I just thought, yeah, it was just interesting because because uh, when you were saying that about the injuries, and I was, I just popped into my head because yeah, I yeah. made notes on it before, and I was. But like, it makes it makes sense, like it, like it, biomechanically, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, like I suppose as well, like I mean. I suppose, for for instance, now this is this is what we're 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 talking about your your Manses, you know, part of your bread and butter here. Like, but I suppose, how would you? I suppose, how would you? What's an easy way? What's an easy way to go about? Um, you know, starting to as we said, like when we talked about the water, we talked about the sleep. Small, tiny changes. What's a good, easy way to make small, tiny changes if you want to change your body composition? Well, I suppose if you're if you're if you're serious about it, like if you really want to get to where you want to go and you want to drop your body fat, you, as a sport athlete, I would recommend that you start tracking your calories. Uh, I don't, you know, like kind of my general population, I don't recommend too many of those do that because it is quite tedious. But if you do want to be serious about it, I would track your calories. If I want to lose body fat, I do it. And there's kind of a few advantages of it. Calorie counting is not, um, it's not a perfect science because you will enter stuff wrong, maybe unconsciously, or uh, you'll get the weight wrong of food and the body just deals with calories differently in different people. But at least it's something you can measure. So you know that if you're losing body fat on 2,500 calories, then, okay, let's continue with that. 
if you know that you're not losing body fat on that, you either need to look at how you're entering the food or you need to drop your calories down a little bit more. Uh, aside from that would be make sure that you're getting enough protein intake to keep your uh your hunger levels at bay and to maintain your muscle mass because at the end of the day you do not want to lose muscle mass at the expense of uh, body fat so um i would you know download like my fitness pal or something and start tracking your calories and the, the advantage of it is as well as it being quite measurable it does offer you quite a bit of flexibility because you, all you have to do is hit the numbers basically in the off season. Now it's a bit different in season if you were tracking, because you would probably want to be looking at carb intake and things like that. But in the off season, it's not so important. So I would just focus on hitting your protein, hitting your calories. Um, and then when you get to preseason and um, you know, you're going to be firing all cylinders. You don't have to worry about it. Then you can worry more so about the, fueling yourself correctly and so that you're you know get recovering after your sessions that you're um you know getting you know maintaining your muscle mass and all the rest so i think now and especially this year from now to march and april if you feel that one either you need to gain muscle and you're going to have to eat more calories than you're burning um, and you're going to have to do, I know it's a bit difficult to do some sort of strength training because there's no gyms open, maybe of your own gym equipment. Um, but if you need to lose body fat, then you need to focus on your nutrition. Um, and you have, you have loads of time there to work on it. And then come March, April, you'll be firing all the cylinders. You'll be able to fuel yourself correctly and you'll feel a lot quicker and more explosive on the pitch. Um, and that's why even me myself last last year I dropped my weight down a little bit to um, try and improve my performance and it, it worked wonders like and I didn't carry that much weight to begin with but I found even the you know two to three pound made a massive difference so imagine if you're carrying you know 10 pound imagine the difference that would make if you got that down but again don't do it in a crazy way of crash diet and all the rest you need to do it safely and um, whether you need to go see a nutritionist or whatever go for it because there um, are a lot of i suppose there are a lot of and um, especially around this time of the year as well there there are a lot of gimmicks you know like oh, for, for, you know for the weight loss and i think as well it's it's unfortunate because it's it kind of i often look at it like it's it kind of preys on people's vulnerabilities a little bit at this time of the year because you know, people are kind of like, oh, shit, it's this time of the year. Uh, you know, I've got this coming up or I've got training starting or I've got a wedding in May or whatever it might be like. And they're, they see all this stuff. This stuff is reaming out. Them, like, geez, I'll, I'll give that a go. Like, it's it's there. It's it, You can see all the information there with these things generally. And you, you again, Jay, this is your, your, your field, like not mine. But, you know, you often talk, talk to people and, They'll say, Jesus, I lost the power, but Jesus, I put it back on. And th that's the thing, I suppose. It's not, you're trying to find, and it's like a program. It's like a, it's like a, you know, a mobility breathing program or a strength program. It's about, you know, the longevity of it. You know, like I can do this. I can maintain this. This is, you know, it's, it's a part of your life. It should be, it should be something that, okay, yes, to make it a habit, 
it takes a little bit of work to make it a habit, sure, but anything that's worth it is work, working at and working for. And I suppose that thing that it is, it, it becomes part of your, you know, your, your thing. It's just part of your life. But a lot of these gimmicky ways, they're grand. And people often say, you hear people say, Jesus, like it was, I found it hard, but I lost the power away, but I'll put it all back on now. Because it wasn't, it, there was no longevity to it. It wasn't actually doable to stick to it. Yeah, that's it. Whatever you're following, whether it's training, nutrition, do your research, you know, like figure out, you know, and I'll probably get professional help if you could. Um, I kind of want, we'll shift gears a little bit because something that we haven't covered and people are probably shouting at their fecking phones, like when are you going to get to this? And it's about doing strength training, basically specifically doing weights, uh, but strength training also, as you know, when he can be body weight with the stuff that you do. Yeah. Um, and most years, probably people would be saying stuff like, oh, well, I need to bulk up in the winter. I need to get big and all this sort of thing. Yeah. But it's, a, I suppose, a little bit different with the gyms closed now. It's probably nearly the other end of things people are saying, oh, so there's no point in doing anything. If the gyms aren't yeah. open, I can't get swole. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, what's, what's the point? Yes, yeah. what's the goal? <laughs> um, and one thing I want to ask you about, and it's something that people don't think about, and it's just building up some sort of tissue quality, like so that when you go into the first couple of weeks of, and when I say tissue quality, I mean like it's nearly like the result, if what I'd be right in saying, it's like the resilience of the muscle to withstand the the first few weeks of training or whatever. And that's probably a consideration as to why you should do something now rather than just not do something. This is in terms of strength, like weights or, you know, kind of more strength and work that you do involving body weight. Yeah. Like I think, um, I suppose like that, like I always think back to, I always think back, I don't know why they stick out of my head so much. Maybe they, maybe they were like, maybe I read something about them or something. But the 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 Arma, the Arma football team, the so it's a a, a county team in Ireland, Arma. They, in my eyes, they were like the first team I seen who like came out on the pitch and they were absolute beasts. They Here, Magini was a fucking block shot. Oh, he was a he, Jesus Christ! He'd rip your head off like he was just <laughs> a, an animal. Like, and they they all had this physique, you know, I, I, I don't know, a very powerful, you know, I, I, I wouldn't even go as far as to say they were athletic looking. They were just really powerful, strong, massive legs, massive shoulders in serious, serious nick. And I think that kind of spanned, a lot of teams seem to follow that. And that kind of spanned this very, very long decade or two of like, you know, GAA athletes, bodybuilders. Oh man, like pounding the gym, you know, like you know, five, six days a week. Now, I suppose the thing is that it's a simple, it's a simple thing to look at. Are you, are you a power lifter or are you, a, are you an athlete? As in, do you play a field sport? Because the, there's no point in going into the gym and spending the majority of your time in the gym. And then your, you know, your skill levels not being up to scratch 
or your aerobic levels not being up to scratch or your speed levels not being up to scratch. And like, this is what it comes down to. It's about that balance, you know, where, where we're looking for, yes, the gym is important and yes, because it will make us stronger. It can make us more explosive. But if you want to get faster, the only way you're going to get, fa- one of the only ways you're going to get faster is to, is to go out and practice running fast. It's as simple as that. You look at any great sprinters in the world. Yes, they're all extremely strong and extremely powerful, but the majority of their training, they spend running fast. They're, they're practicing running fast. It's the same with long distance running. You look at any of do they spend ages in the gym? No, they spend time running fat, like running long distances. That's what they do. God forbid you'd actually do your sport to get better at it. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I definitely think though, to come back to that. So I suppose in the lead up to training again, like for the start of trainings that are, that are down the line, you can't, you, you, it's that, it's that old saying you can't go wrong. You just can't. It's, it's, it's one of those things. So, well, when we're talking about, and it's the same as with the running or the tempo runs or anything like that, a lot of the time we make those same mistakes when it comes to strength training. We go in, we load up heavy, and we everything else ends up suffering. You know, we think we need to be able to squat, deadlift, whatever, X amount of kgs. And if we're stiff, we're sore, and other things start suffering, then when we get out onto the pitch, what you need to really look at, in my opinion, is... Look at the areas that are problematic or that you might have had a little bit of injury history through or, or, or not maybe not injury history too, but just that are, t- are tight. Why are they tight? You know? And as I always say, like you were saying there about the nutrition, if you're unsure, reach out, send a message. It's simple as that. DM on Instagram. I know James and myself are always great for like getting back to people. We always try and make sure that we do the best of our abilities. So like that, reach out if you're unsure. There's, there's never a stupid question you know that's the long and the short of it so body weight wise I suppose there's so many things you can do there's just so many things you can do like I suppose uh, there's a big thing now like I, I use and I don't predominantly use them all out it's a good way I like using them where somebody is at sometimes depending on if there is an issue so we talk about positional isometrics great getting into positions and holding in the positions you know, um, look simple, a lot of the time turns out to be very, very humbling for most people. And they're like, why is this so hard? You know, um, but like that body weight. And the thing is, I suppose, because, as you said, the gyms are closed. And if you have your own gym equipment or you have a bit of gym equipment, brilliant. Great. If you don't, there's still so many things you can do. You know, and, and just to so people kind of have an idea with the positional isometrics, maybe Giving maybe an example of something that you might use with kind of um so I suppose so if somebody was coming in, I suppose like I'm I'm gonna go back to to what I can think of that's been most recent. Um so a post I put up um about a, a client that I had and she had uh, knee pain when she was running. Um now for a while and one of the ways I was used as a, a, a one of the things I used as an assessment tool for was I just put her into a split stance. So we'll say like we're in a kind of and similar look. And, yeah, yeah. Or you could even look at and, and that's it. When you go into these split stances, 
you can make it whatever you want from there. This is the beauty of it. So we can go into a deeper lunge or in some cases for her, we wanted to, um, we wanted to mimic a little bit of a running gait, a tiny little bit of a running gait into that split stance, tiny little bit of a knee bend, and then made it more of a four foot. She's a little bit more of a four foot runner. So I just wanted to see what was happening with the ground and her four foot was in contact. So, just a huge amount, like 10 seconds in, say seven, eight seconds, a huge amount of um, instability. There's a huge amount of shaking through the leg to try and keep her in that position. So we know, we think about running and it's basically a, a type of a single leg hop over and over again because we're just planting from one foot to the other. So these positional isometrics sometimes give us a great insight. Like I was saying in my post, it's almost like a still picture to what's happening in somebody's running gait or direction when somebody plans to go or whatever it might be. And they look, I suppose, they, you kind of look at it and you say, gee, that doesn't look like much. But again, it's the beauty of what you want out of it. So like that, as you said there, we can make it. We can go into a deeper lunge, you know, a deeper lunge. We can do a body weight and we can do it for time we can do whatever and then you can bring in external weight and it's really great for just building you know it's a great way for if we can find if we have pain and we can get into a positional isometric of pain and the tissues and muscles are working hard around the joint then it's absolutely brilliant because it's breathing safety so it's safety to that nervous system so that i'm in this position here i'm getting stronger I don't have pain. I feel really, really good. And they're a great tool to use. There's so many bangs for your buck when it comes to positional isometrics. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. And that's something I kind of wanted to cover was the isometrics. Um, because I actually have been listening a lot to, I'm not sure if you're aware of him, he's uh, Dr. Keith Barr. He's, um, right. he, he's an expert really in tendon health. Um, and I would follow a lot of his stuff recently because I work with a good few Irish dancers. They tend to get a lot of um, maybe perineal tendon issues or Achilles tendon issues or patellar tendon issues. And he's big on isometrics. And one of the things he talks about is you will have heard a lot of strength coaches and the like say, well, if you want to get strong, you have to hypertrophy muscle. And he said that he's seen in research that that sometimes isn't always the case, that doing the likes of isometrics mightn't actually build that much uh, muscle mass. But he said, you can get strong doing it. Um, And the other advantage of doing those isometrics then is the fact that, and you would know that when, say you hold the position of a split squat um, and say you had um, Achilles, tendon issues like when you're holding that the muscle as you say the muscle is working really really hard but the tendon is relaxing and breaking the sort of collagen crosslink so it means that the tendon can the tendon can relax while the muscle is working which can as you said can alleviate a lot of the pain so just because you think that you can't get massive this off season and you can't you know, lift really heavy, heavy weight, you can bulletproof yourself for for the first few weeks of, of training when you get out on the pitch. And that's what I what I mentioned about the tissue quality was 
it's not all about building tissue mass. That's why that quality is an important term there. It's improving how it works. And that was a really, really good point you made there about the running. And for anyone who's kind of getting maybe a little bit confused, when we're talking about isometric, what we mean is the length of the muscle isn't really changing. If it was concentric, in a really basic term, it would mean that the muscle is shortening. Eccentric would mean lengthening. So the thing is, when you look at running, a lot of those muscles aren't moving. They're not changing length. So that, that's a great point that Fergal brought up there was when you're holding these isometric positions, a lot of the time you're mimicking the, the, the mechanics of running, which is, which is a reason why you should do it rather than thinking, oh, well, there's no point in doing anything because I can't lift heavy weight. There's absolutely a multitude of reasons why you can do things because you can do breath work if you want to, you know, they say your upper back muscles are always tight or maybe your hips are tight. Breath work can do wonders for that. And you can ask us about that. Give us a message. Uh, the mobility, as you know, obviously, Fergal. And then this isometric stuff like building tissue quality, you can do, as you said, pause reps, slow reps, eccentric reps. So that would be slowing, slowing down the lengthening part of the, the movement. Like there's, there's a million and one things you can do and it can all build that tissue quality yeah and i think as well you know i suppose with with the isometrics they're they're a great way to, to i suppose they're a great way for you to get a little bit of insight into where where you're at you know if you are having some issues someplace they are a great way of doing that and ideally they're a means to an end in the sense that obviously if somebody was he in here with me and then they we were using positional isometrics because for that given person it, it, we wanted to use those because it was working well because we want to actually get moving then you know we want to actually get them loading through a nice full range of motion dependent on what they're doing what they need and all that sort of stuff but as we were saying they're just a really good they can be a useful tool if um, you know, if we don't have weights or whatever it might be, you know, and then obviously if we do the, 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 you know, you could still include them as a warm up even. Or... Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and the thing is as well, I suppose, you know, like that, that you just mentioned it there. Uh, just, just to, just to touch on it a little bit. I've, I've had messages this last week about, uh, from, from people who are doing, who have gym equipment at home and who have been doing their gym programs that their, their club has given them or whatever it might be, or their, their, some of them are, are playing inter-county as well. So I'm going to do a post on it um, over the weekend. So a lot of them are, acts, are kind of, well, when I was looking into it, are doing five, maybe five gym sessions a week, you know, and then two running sessions. Or and the volume is very, very big. That's a whole other, as we said, the volume is so important. But for quite a few, they're using, you know, they're in, they're constantly, if they're in the gym a lot of time, and you'll see in the post, the positions that we get into, you know, this extremely straight back, which a lot of time then you'll see a, a, like a, a little bit of an anterior, a shift in the anterior pelvic tilt, so we'll be a little bit more in anterior tilt, shoulders will be pinned back, chest will be up. And they're spending huge amounts of time in, in those positions because if they're gymming, you know, five times a week or whatever it is, they, and they're spending time loaded in those positions. And I just, it was just like this week because I got similar messages 
from from different from different people and it was all i'm getting tight i'm just feeling my upper back is tight my lower back is tight and just from all the gym work and it all seemed to be stemming around that and pictures and then just take, get looking into getting little videos and looking at some pictures and stuff they're all using you know they're all in those what we would term i suppose um familiar positions that we see in the gym when we're lifting deadlifting or squatting or and that's the thing if we're constantly in those positions over and over again then what we want to do is we want to say okay what we need to do is get you out of those positions and spending time in the opposing positions so we want to get they're in they're in you know we're getting more of a rounded back and we might use a breathing drill to get them breathing in and opening the back of the rib cage out and um, so like that's that's the other side of it as well like how i suppose with gym stuff like that how when we delve into it like that you know when we're doing that 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 can happen too you know and that's the thing it's about the volume of what we're doing and and looking at okay well you know how can we go about you know having a nice little rounded program where yeah we're doing our gym work but maybe we're accessing a couple of other positions too so that now the body is like i'm very very happy i can lift i can move i can run i can change but you know i can change positions very very easily i can breathe but it's just having that nice rounded structure you know that um we're not amount of time and again we're not i'm, I'm not going to get into that because there's a whole it's man's rabbit hole there go down and we're not going to people that are more in different positions or stuck in other positions so we won't get into that but definitely to go just to go back on what we were saying if we have limited equipment at home like what you were saying there, James, bang on. You can slow the rep. You know, you can you can do tempo reps. We can go down, pulse in a position, come back up. It's endless, you know. So it, it's that, I suppose, as well, that we're in the mindset that we're like, well, I, I don't necessarily need equipment because that can be a cop-out sometimes, you know. <laughs> I don't have equipment. What can I do? There's nothing I can do. And I'm like, well, hang fuck, on a second. Fuck it, it's COVID's fault. You know? Yeah, so this COVID is everything yeah. fucked up. You know, that's a great one too. COVID is everything. It's never up. your own fault. That's no, thing. no, no. It's it's all the outside things yeah. that are affecting. Yeah, but that's the thing. You don't need like equipment, like so, like you know, a lot of the time. This is the big thing. People are oftentimes so surprised when you get them doing a body weight exercise for whatever reason. If you're trying to build, and you're like, well, I want you to move better, and you want to move better. So let's start working into a couple of areas here. And they're like, why is this so hard? You know, this is just body weight. And I'm like, you're going to be moving, you know, so we want you moving well. So can we put you in X or Y position? And can you work well in X and Y position with your own body weight? And for a lot of people, it's a humbling experience, you know? Yeah, that phrase is great because, and that's, it's like David Gray, who we follow on Instagram is, it's like his catchphrase now, um, yeah. uh, humbling exercise because it's only it's only body weight. And if anyone has seen his foam rolling bridge, uh, like all he has is a foam oh. roller, and he's not using it as you would think. But oh my god, your calves oh. and your hamstrings and everything. But it, it mimics running again. No yeah. weight, but it it's it's very sport specific. Even though it won't maybe you know give you tree trunk legs yeah but again yeah. it's going to um definitely benefit you um 
I think we've covered an awful lot there. You don't want to overload yeah. people too much. Um, if we took a couple of points. Yeah I, yeah, I think going over my main takeaways from that would be what we were just talking about is you don't need weight. You can work on, on other things at home. And if body composition is, is something you need to work on, I would work on that. And then probably my other big takeaway would be that I think you should take away from it would be where are you weak? You know, pick the lowest hanging fruit and go with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I definitely think as well, the big thing is, you know, don't overcomplicate it. You know, it's very easy. Complicated. What I often find is if you have a diary or just a, a, a copybook, whatever it is, and just jot down where it is that you want to start. And I would always say start small. You don't have to start with, don't get yourself into where you're like, well, such and such is doing a 10K, you know, he or she is doing 10Ks in the week. Like, forget about, you know, Joe or Susan or whoever it is. You're an individual and you have to be scaling things to where you're at. And that starts with a bit of honesty there as well, like, you know. So if we're just honest about it, so don't overcomplicate. Start small. You don't have to be in bits by the end of your first session. That is going to be no good to you because if we want to go on Monday, a Wednesday and a Friday, and you go out on the Monday and you make bits yourself and you're still in bits on Wednesday, then, you know, it's not where you want to be. You want to start easy, start small, build from there. And as you start increasing things and feeling better and feeling fitter, you can bring in external weight. You can increase your distances of running. You can increase your pace. You can change your runs. You can do tempo runs, interval runs, whatever it is. But start small, you know. And if there are things that you want to make improvements on, write them down. If that's a little bit of sleep, improving your sleep, improving your hydration, nutrition, write them down to get them out of your head so they're not overcomplicating it in, in your head. Write them down, three or four things, and then just, as man says, get to work. It's, it's about small changes, but, but just being consistent with the small changes. Absolutely. Um, I've absolutely loved that. That's been near oh, just over the hour, I would say. Um, I think there's a lot of takeaways you can get from that. Um, let us know what you're, you know, send us a message. Let us know what you took from that, what you enjoyed about it. Um, we've got some really, really good guests lined up uh, from just such a broad range. Um, we've got a world champion Irish dancer coming up. We've got an ultra runner. We've got a pain specialist. Um, and we'll also be doing the odd one between just the two of us, just like this. Um, we really appreciated all the shares on Instagram. So please do that again. Yeah. Um, really if you enjoyed. Really yeah. It, we really, really appreciate that. We were actually blew away by the, by the reaction. So James underscore fit underscore McDowell. If you want to tag me, if you want to tag you, Fergal. Uh, S-I-S era. So S-I-S-E-I-R-E. Brilliant. So we will chat to you next time. Let us know, give us a message if there's any guests that you think you'd like to have on or any topics you want us to, to cover. And uh, we'll do that for you. But um, thanks, Emil. And we will chat to you the next day. Yeah, have a good week.